So we, um, we have been working through a, hang on a minute, I'm going to change air conditioners because of the haze. So that, the haze makes the light look cool, but if we don't have the right AC on, it doesn't, it doesn't take it out of here. So, oh, it's on, just not taking it out of here. Okay. Well, it'll leave then. Good. So you, can you see me? Are you out there? No, I'm teasing. So we have been looking at our Bible Institute, the Kingdom of God. Uh, and our, our Bible Institute meets now on Wednesdays um, for a while. We used to meet on Sunday nights, but after the hurricane, it was just easier to bring it here. And we took our Wednesday night group, which was working through the Bible for eight, and change, eight years and change, and we put that on just pause for a moment. And I wanted to teach some courses that I thought would be beneficial to everybody. And it's a great way to introduce people to our Bible Institute. Um, we do have a Bible Institute where you can earn an associate's degree or bachelor's degree. If you'd like, in Bible, it's, uh, it's all free. We have 104 courses right now, and we're going to add another 10 or so pretty soon. Um, so uh, as the Institute continues to grow, it, we, we keep making better connections with folks, and it's very interesting. We had 616 students when I looked this morning, 617, I think I had another. Anyway, all over the world, kind of fascinating uh, to watch that happen. And so uh, if you want to get involved, you can go on the line, on the line, on the line. I sound really cool, right? On the line. Now I sound like that movie. On the line, you can register, you can start taking classes, and it's all free. And this would be one of those classes. I'm working through the kingdom of God with you. And this is, uh, uh, this is one of those courses that I think is, is so foundational to having the ability to understand the Bible, um, because uh, it will sort of give you a, a, a theology for holding in context the entire Scripture, which is really important, um, because we, we don't want to have to uh, let go of the Old Testament. We, we don't want to miss the New Testament. We want to see how they complete each other. Uh, we want to have an understanding of how all these things are flowing together, and, um, and then sort of an understanding of where it's all heading. And, and I believe uh, an understanding of the kingdom is very helpful. So we, uh, we started this little course by talking about the kingdom of God and making sure you understood that the kingdom of God is about um, God's authority, His rule and His reign, His, his uh, authority to rule and reign. And that when you read about the kingdom of God in the Scripture, that's the first and primary meaning. So when we look at, like Matthew six thirty three, seek first His kingdom, what we're seeking is His rule and His reign. Uh, in our lives. Um, when we pray, let your kingdom come, we're praying for His rule and authority to be established on earth as it is in heaven. Um, all of those verses have that primary meaning. And I think it's very helpful then in, in the way that it opens the Scriptures to us when we begin to understand that's the process. And the idea of the kingdom of God is throughout um, the Scripture. And so when, when we sort of have this to hold on to, okay, it's always talking about the rule and reign, well, it, it will help you because oftentimes we think when it's talking about the kingdom of God, we're thinking, oh, that must mean heaven. Or um, we, we think um, of, a, of an actual place, uh, and that's not the primary meaning. It, you know, it can have some secondary meanings that, that sometimes the kingdom can be about a place, and sometimes the kingdom can be about people. But primarily, and, and first and foremost when you read it, it's about God's rule and reign, His authority to rule and reign in our lives. 
Well, um, I think we'll probably wrap up this course today because we've talked about uh, a lot of subjects already. We, we've introduced the idea of, uh, you know, this present evil age, right? This, the age that we're in now is evil. It's that's sort of because of the enemy uh, has, has the ability to sort of run rampant right now. Uh, but the age to come is a perfect age. And, and that we're moving in the direction uh, of the age to come, but we're still in this present evil age, that God has broken into this present evil age, um, and He did that at the cross. Jesus came, uh, and so uh, uh, He came, and He went to the cross on our behalf. We defeated death, and He rose again, and, and He's gone. The Holy Spirit is here now, uh, and Jesus is coming back. When he comes back the next time, it will be the consummation of the kingdom. So he inaugurated the kingdom when he came, and he will consummate the kingdom when he returns, and we live in a tension now. We call that tension the now and the not yet, and you need to know that as well, because it will help you navigate through this time that we're in. The kingdom is here, but it's not fully here. The, the, the power of the age to come broke through at the cross, and it continues to break through in some manner all the time. That's why we see miracles happen. That's why we pray in faith. We're asking for what's going to come to come now, and often it does, but not always, because this isn't completed yet. We're in tension. And so the tension helps us to really understand a lot of the dynamics are going on. Well, the last area that I want to talk about today is that sometimes people confuse the kingdom and the church. And that they try and sort of make that one sort of thing, and, and it's not. The, the ideas and the concepts aren't interchangeable. And early on in church history, this was one of the theologies that was promoted. St. Augustine uh, was the first one who actually identified the kingdom with the church, and that idea has been maintained in different ways, more or less, since the uh, Reformation. And... Uh, uh, some have said, well, the, you know, that, that Jesus came proclaiming the kingdom, but the result was the church. And, and, and like I said, some theologies view the two as the same. And often our, um, the language we use confuses the two today. Like um, sometimes we, we might say something like, let's build the kingdom. Uh, but someone, what they're really meaning is let's build the church. And the two things are different. So, so Jesus' mission, if you would, was to invade this present evil age with his kingdom rule, um, the age to come, and those who choose to receive the proclamation of the rule of God are in fact the church. So, so um, because of Jesus bringing the kingdom and, and the message of the kingdom, the good news, the gospel, as we respond to it, we, the result is the church, but, but um, it's separate from the kingdom. The kingdom produces the church. But they're not exactly the same. And you also need to be aware of this. pretty interesting that, that Jesus, when he first came for his, his first mission, his primary mission was to the people of Israel. Uh, he, in fact, he stated over and over again that that's where he was going. Uh, Matthew fifteen twenty four. he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Um, when he first sent out his disciples... Uh, he, he said, listen, go to the people of Israel only. Matthew 10, 5 and 6. The 12, uh, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or any enter towns of the Samaritans. Samaritans go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. So the, the primary mission when Jesus came was to go to the people of Israel to proclaim to them 
the, the message of the kingdom so that they might respond to it because they had drifted far off path. And they, they had the opportunity to respond when he came. Uh, there are some exceptions to, to the early ministry of Jesus. Um, there's three that we know for a fact. Um, Jesus' ministry to the Samaritan woman at the well. Uh, the Samaritan woman was, was not um, Jewish. Uh, the Samaritans were a mix and um, that came about during the exile. If you ever wonder how those things happen, fascinating reading, really. When, when uh, Israel was taken captivity one of the things that the captors would do is repopulate the city. So they would, they would go in and they would take all the people out uh, or, or a, a bunch of them out. They would take them out and replace them with people that were um, better for their sort of regime. And they would take the people they captured back to where they were. And, and that's how that kind of happened back then. Well, in, in one of the cases where, with Samaria in particular, when they took the Israelites out, um, all sorts of bad things started to happen. So it was their thought that they should put some of the priests back in there to sort of help that situation. And what they ended up with was a, was a really messed up sort of uh, uh, mix of all sorts of practices, including Judaism, but it was mixed up. That's what the Samaritans believed in. And so um, the, the Jewish people didn't like them because of this mix, so they stayed away from them, but not Jesus. He went. He ministered to them. That's one exception. The centurion servant... Jesus ministered to, and the Canaanite woman. Um, so those were exceptions to the general rule. But they all sort of had some mitigating circumstances that Jesus was responding to uh, in the process. But his central mission then was to proclaim to Israel that, that God was fulfilling his promise to bring Israel to her true destiny as his children. And uh, Israel, the, the, they by and large reject that message. And, you know, we've talked about that. We've seen that, that the majority rejected the message. The established religious community, um, in, in effect, rejected on the behalf of just about everybody. Um, but there was a faithful remnant who didn't. They were also Jewish believers, but the, the early disciples, um, they were the small band who understood who Jesus was, and they accepted uh, his, his movement towards them, his proposal to them, in effect. And so this, this small group, this remnant, um, became what we know as the church. And, and, and so that was so important for them to, to see what was taking place and how God went in that direction. And so the, the, previously what had happened was the, the idea of discipleship back in, in the time of the Pharisees was to create disciples that responded to the Torah. They committed to the Torah. But Jesus wanted disciples that would commit to him and to his message, which is what we are still today. And uh, so, so the, in effect, even though the representative group of Israel rejected the message, a remnant of that same group accepted that message. And so his mission was accomplished. It was just accomplished in what we know as the church. And then the church... Um, was opened up to all believers, and we watch that happen throughout the book of Acts. We see where it makes a, makes a big shift in the book of Acts, and, and uh, uh, as uh, was prophesied from early on, with, with even with Abram, that he would be a light to all nations. That's how it happens, and it happens through the church. But um, those disciples became known as the church. And, and um, you know, it's, uh, it's fascinating, all of the things when you when you start to see what happened with Jesus and, and how these things sort of run together, you know, we've talked about it with um, 
you know, even with the people of God when they were coming out of Egypt and they were, they were, they came out of Egypt and they went through the Red Sea and then they went out into the wilderness and, and, uh, and there was 12 tribes and then we watched Jesus who we know ended up in Egypt when he was young and when he, and then, you know, he was, he came out of Egypt and when he was baptized, he went through the water and where did he go immediately? He was out to the wilderness and instead of 12 tribes, there was 12 disciples and you see all these things taking place. These were all pictures of what was going to happen, and we see them happening in Jesus. But uh, so we make sure that we don't confuse the kingdom and the church. Um, the kingdom of God is his rule, um, and that's not what the church is. So they're not the same. The church is made up of those who are ruled by the king of the kingdom, but it is not the kingdom itself. So we don't want to look at the church as the kingdom. It's not because the kingdom is the rule. Uh, and the reign of God. Um, the writers of the New Testament don't equate the church and the kingdom. Uh, the the first preachers never preached church; they proclaimed the kingdom. Acts eight twelve. But when they um, believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Acts nineteen. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. So remember, primary meanings here, the rule and the reign, the authority of God, what was happening, the good news, the gospel, this was being preached. Acts 28, 23. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. From morning till evening, he explained and declared to them the kingdom of God and tried to convince them about Jesus from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Paul was using the very Old Testament they would have understood to demonstrate to them about the kingdom of God. God's rule, his reign, his authority, what was taking place and what he was attempting to do in the process. So when you read those verses, it's pretty easy to see there that you can't sort of flip-flop the ideas of church and kingdom. All right? So the so the church, you know, you, the church, we're the people of the kingdom, but we're not the kingdom itself. We're, we're created, we're, we exist because of the kingdom, but we're not exactly the same. The kingdom creates the church, uh, the, the rule, the reign of God presented uh, in, in the words and the works of Jesus um, confronted people to respond to his message to come into his rule and his reign, and, and it made a relationship with him as king. Mark 31, Mark 3:31. Jesus' mothers, Jesus' mothers, <laughs> Jesus' mother, only one, and brothers. Yeah, yeah. Jesus mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. And and so what happens is when someone responds to the gospel, they become a part of the body of Christ, the church. And, and we become the family of God. We, we, be, we become the children of God. This is the primary thing. And that's what happens with us in the church. So we become a part of this body of, of Christ, and, and we become the family of God. Our mission is to bear witness to the kingdom. The church's mission is to give witness to the kingdom of God. Um, we can't build the kingdom or become the kingdom. The, the church is the vessel um, that the the redeeming acts of Jesus are performed. And, and so that's very important to understand how vital our mission is. 
So the good news, the gospel, the things that Jesus does is coming through his body, that's us, the church. And we need to continue to remember that, that we have mission and purpose, and we're, we're, we're to invite people uh, in to um, the kingdom. Uh, and as part of that, then they become part of the church. But our, you know, our mission is bigger. When we're not just trying to grow a church. We're, we're, we're trying to um, bring people into the kingdom, which is what Jesus did. Re- Jesus made it possible for people to enter the rule and the reign of God, the dynamic rule and reign of God. And, and so um, that's what's going on. We're to witness to everyone about the kingdom. They, when, when the 70 disciples were sent out, your translation might say 72. But that was an important um, step there because they, at the time, Jewish tradition was that there was 70 nations in the world. And what was happening now is that they were being, it, it was moving on now and they were all being invited um, that, that all mankind needed to hear the message of Jesus. And, uh, and like I said, but Israel flat out rejected it through the religious leaders. Only a remnant accepted it. And, and so um, the new dynamic then was that the church, which was produced by the kingdom, would then have the mission that had initially been given to the people of Israel was now the church's mission uh, in the process. Mark 12, 1 through 9. He then began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard, and he put a wall around it and dug a pit for the wine press and built a watchtower. Sorry, I just lost my place. And then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and went away on a journey. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants to collect from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. But they seized him, beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. And then he sent another servant to them. They struck this man on the head and treated him shamefully. He sent still another. That one they killed. He sent many others. Some of them they beat. Others they killed. He had one left to send a son whom he loved. He sent him last of all, saying, They will respect my son. But the tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. So when Jesus was teaching that parable, he was talking about the rejection of Israel, that, that he had, throughout history to that point, he had repeatedly reached out to the people of Israel, prophets and, and all of the ones that he sent them, and they were rejected time after time after time, and, and then Jesus, the Son, comes, and, and they also reject him. They, they, they end up, they kill him thinking that this will maintain the status quo for them, but certainly it doesn't. Matthew twenty one forty three. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. So that was the transition point. That was a process. And, and that's how the church ended up with the mission um, to be a light into the world. Remember, when, when God spoke to the people of Israel, when, when he ordered things for them again uh, with the Ten Commandments, we're studying this on Sunday, the Ten Words, um, they were to, the, the entire setup was to produce a people who loved God and loved one another so well that, that all of the nations of the world would see what was going on and would be drawn to it. So that's what was supposed to happen. And yet they didn't do it. They did a terrible job of, of moving in that direction um, because they wanted what they wanted, which is sort of what happens through time. But now it's up to the church. See, the church, and we have the same mission. The church is to love God and love others, and we're to do it so well that the, the world is impacted 
by the gospel for the kingdom because they see something that they desperately want. And, and, and yet that, that, that mission constantly gets pulled out of us and, and we get so self-focused that we miss the bigger dynamic. And, and that's why it's so imperative for us to understand these things, to live as a, a people of mission, that, that it's, it's much bigger than us, uh, that, that we're a part of a grander story, a, a bigger picture, a, a, this cosmic scale where, where us doing our part makes a difference. And, and that's why it's so important we, we move past our own sort of little internal um, everything revolving around us. See, we, the enemy wins whenever we get to be the center of our universe and we get stuck there and it becomes our story and, and, and it's all about us and then everybody's kind of spinning around us. There's no life there. We get lost. So he's the center of the story and we, we revolve around him. See, he's, the, he's what happens and he has a heart. For people, people are choosing to not be in relationship with Him. And God wants people in relationship. He's made it possible by, by coming, that, that He came. Jesus came and, and paid the price for, for our sin, which had separated us from God. And, and all we have to do is respond. And He wants people to know that. He, he, he wants us to respond. And the church needs to know how important and vital that mission is and why we're to love Him and love others. And, and why we're to really figure out what that looks like uh, and, and, and embrace it and, and live beyond ourselves. But, and then the reward for that is when we do that, that's when we have life. Anything short of that is, is, is not, there's nothing fulfilling about it. Constantly empty, constantly needing, I got it more, 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 more. If, 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 if instead of being able to embrace and experience the moment, you know, the, this weekend again, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still talking about Sabbath and rest and biblical rest. And, and I firmly believe, so if, ten words, and, you know, this week I'll tie it back in, back to creation. You know, when God created everything, he was in effect ordering things, and he speaks into it ten times. There's ten, and God said. And, and then, then it's finished. He, it's completed. It functions. It works. Uh, then sin blows it apart again. And then he rescues his people again, and he, and he gets them into a spot where they can learn to trust him because he has to, they can't make it without him. They have, he's providing for them everything, water, food, everything is coming from him. And then he reorders things again by speaking ten times again about what it's supposed to look like. And, and you know, I've been t- the connection is those first three are about loving God. Those last six are about loving others. The fourth one is about this idea of Sabbath, this idea of rest. But that's the one where we figure out, you know, ourselves. See, and, and once we get that straightened out, then it's a bridge. Then we can love God and then we can love others. And that's where life is. But if we don't figure what that is, we miss it. And the enemy has so twisted the idea of Sabbath that we almost reject it. What do you mean? It's like, oh, I can't take a day off. Like, you know, life, everything will fall apart. And it's not even about a day off. It's about remembering. It's a reset. It's, it's remembering who we once were. And before we knew Jesus and what that looked like and how quickly we go back to being like everything that we don't like because the enemy is pulling us there all the time. So we have to stop and pause and remember and, we're, and we have to learn to yield to the Holy Spirit because that's where life is. And when all of those things come together, see, we're, we're then functioning the way we were supposed to, which is what the whole thing is all about. And then when we're functioning the way we're supposed to, we're loving God and we're loving others and people are drawn then into the kingdom. It's, it's, it's amazing when that happens. But we have to get that part out. And so we're, we're constantly doing that. But part of that is knowing that it's a mission. The, the church 
you know, that we're, we're, we're all a part of is a conduit through which the kingdom moves and the kingdom acts and, and the rule and the reign of God is displayed uh, and, and where he's moving and making things happen. Matthew 10, 8, he said, you know, to the disciple, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you receive, freely give. Luke 10, 17, the 72 return with joy. Said, Lord, even the demons, demons submit to us in your name. And so um, these people were, were going out and they were just doing the things of God as God empowered them uh, in the process because they were yielded to him. They were loving God and they were loving others and, and God was doing mighty, mighty work on their behalf. And then, um, so, and, and then the, the last thing is when Jesus, um, he, he, he gives the keys to the kingdom to Peter, which is pretty cool. Matthew 16, 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And people take that verse all, all over the place. But the idea comes from uh, Isaiah 22. 22, where God gives Eliakim the keys to the house of David, and he commissions him with its care. And, and so the idea of caretaking that we have is, is sort of conserving or protecting. But that's not the mindset in the kingdom. You kind of have to remember that parable uh, of uh, the, the servants that Jesus gave talents to, or that were given talents, and the, the third one, when he received his talent, he buried it and, and instead of doing something with it. And so, um, you know, Jesus defines the idea in rewarding the first two who invested and did things with their talents. Um, he, the Jesus, you know, we're to be involved in investing and risking uh, in, in this process. So, so we're to step out. We're, we're to love people. We're to, we're to be the, the, you know, the light in this world in the process. And uh, uh, we have this amazing promise, too, that, that the, the church is built on, on the rock of his Messiahship, Jesus's, and that hell will not prevail against it, that, that the church is the only institution that will prevail. It's guaranteed by the Scripture to prevail. The enemy can't take us down. Any other institution can, but not us. And, and so because of that confidence, then, we're, we can really live and function in this world in a way that, that is um, beyond what, what we often do and beyond what we can even imagine. And so, you know, to, to be able to sort of just process through these things, I think is really helpful to think about what it means to be a part of the church and, and that the church is here because of what, because of the kingdom. And, and so that ultimately we're we're part of the kingdom of God. We, we're the people of his rule and his reign and authority, and we're sharing that message with the world around us. Uh, and, uh, you know, the idea of binding and loosing, binding means to prohibit or forbid the enemy from harming the church, and the idea of loosing, freeing those under his control, which is what we're supposed to be doing, right? Because if, if by default, if they're not in his kingdom, you're in the, God's kingdom, you're in the enemy's kingdom. It's a default role. It's not people, oh, I don't choose that. It, that's where you're at until you choose to be a part of the kingdom of God. And so that's what we're doing. And what we're doing is, is uh, uh, in this age, we're, we're asking God to just come and to move um, in the power of the age to come among us now, which he's doing every time someone makes that step towards him. So... That's a lot of stuff to think about, isn't it? 
I can talk like that for a long time, too. But, uh, but then people, people tuned me out probably seven minutes ago. So <laughs> I felt it happen. <laughs> and still I talked on. I thought about stopping. No, I'm going to press on. Somebody might be listening. If you're watching on a video, thanks. Appreciate you watching. Come and check us out when you can. We'll see you soon. If you have prayer requests, why don't you pass them up? And I will pray. And then we'll call it an evening. Thank you. Yeah, I went, I bunny trailed into Sunday sermon. It was all over the place. I know, your mind, we should do that video. <laughs> what did he say? I don't know. Was that in the notes? I don't see them. Yeah, knit two, pearl two, there you go. But it all got videotaped. Go back and watch it in slow-mo. You can slow them videos down and listen, right? You could if you wanted to. <laughs> so a lot of the courses online, you know, the college courses that, that we take, there's audio versions, and you can, you can speed them up so you go through them a lot faster. And most of my students that I know of watch and listen to them at about two or three times their normal speed. You haven't done it? Most of these guys have. They watch a, they listen to a 30 minute video in about 15 minutes. All right. All of these teachers have squeaky voices. Okay, I digress. Let's pray. Papa, thank you so much for your goodness to us and your love for us and to be a part of your kingdom, God, to be. Your, your kids. That you, life is so amazing in you. We, we settle for so little sometimes when there's so much. And, and so I pray, God, that you would just continue to remind us of how amazing it is to be your kids. How amazing this life is now and forever. That you would redeem our time, God. We come with these requests. Tonight we pray for comfort, peace, and healing for uh, Lois, Bob, Butch, Nita, Colleen, Alan, Debbie, Ross, Patsy, Jim. Bless them all, Father. Uh, traveling mercies for Don. Blessings, Lord, for Clay. Healing for Pam. And be with all the teachers and students, God, as they get towards the end of the year here and help them to persevere. Healing, Lord, for um, Gay and Wayne and Anne and Phyllis. And Richard and Erica, Becky, Paulette, bless them all. 
bless the people traveling to help families that are that are moving, Lord, and, and bless that whole thing. Healing for Colleen and for Morris. Traveling mercies for Carl, Morris, and Lori. We pray for um, Diane and the entire family as they deal with the, the loss that they're going through and ask God that you would just be with them and, and uh, let them know that you're with them and give them strength, Lord. We pray for the uh, unspoken requests. You know what they are. We pray for our families and our friends, our coworkers, our community. We ask God that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area, that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached, and ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad, just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You are such an awesome, awesome God. And may the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. And go tonight in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Have a great night. And uh, we'll see you on the weekend. Come back. I have, some, oh, I have a couple of really good stories.